Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. And uh, we have dismantled the wreckage that are the the nerds of Georgia Tech, Daniel. We have completely dethroned them from whatever throne they were on, which I don't even know what throne that would be other than the stupidest self-glory trophy you could ever create. Um, yeah, I think the throne has something to do with Big Boy and Waffle House, according to... <laughs> yeah. According to their head coach. Um, By the way, how many how many push-ups? He did push-ups real early in that game, but then how many oh no. after he, the 10 that he did was he after tr- that? He was trying to get a little swell going um, yeah. uh, during the during the game. I mean, when you're out there in the medium vest, you know, yeah. and you're trying to – you're already rocking that, um, that Russell Athletic skin-type polo underneath. And then Never you, before has there been a man whose barrel chest did not match his – chicken arms in the history of all smedium vests ever he really he really wears a vest like no one i've ever seen before and that is not a compliment that's <laughs> no it's not okay uh um, nope we georgia tech we have came we have conquered we left them crying where only we could leave them crying on their own home field daniel and said uh we spit on them actually as we were leaving after the trouncing we gave them in atlanta it's true. We didn't bother to steal any parts of their stadium because winning there is such a commonplace occurrence. Um, uh, 1999, Clint, the last yep. time Georgia Tech won a home game against Georgia. Oh. Ni- 1999, Clint. Oh. Um, it was the 20th century. I was the just going to say. <laughs> that's, that's long ago. Okay, yeah. that's twenty years now, and um, that streak is—it's uh, I believe they say and counting because yeah. uh, they did not. Ticker win. didn't roll over. No, no, the days since the last accident just keeps accumulating. Uh, yes, it on does. A little dry erase board. Uh, we're here to talk about it. You know by now, if you're longtime listeners of the show, we are not experts. We are not recruiting gurus. We are not insiders into anything other than um, beating the crap out of Georgia Tech. We're all insiders in that world. Uh, we're Georgia fans, first and foremost, and uh, this is a podcast for Georgia fans by Georgia fans. We're here to talk about the things Georgia fans want to talk about, the way Georgia fans want to talk. So if you want to get in on the conversation, uh, you can email us at LockdownBulldogs at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Dogs Podcast. You can subscribe to the show. Uh, if you're new, especially hit that subscribe button. It helps us out a tremendous mm-hmm. amount. You can leave us a rating or a review. Thank you so much to all of the, those of you who have done that already. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, by the way. We're thankful for you and all of the five-star ratings and reviews that you have left us, as well as you listening to the show, telling your friends about the show, subscribing to the show. Uh, and we're here five days a week. We're here talking about all things George Bulldogs. Uh, we are is obviously the biggest week of the football season this uh, week. Our team has something Ooh. to play for. We're but, still playing at this this coming week, and then weeks after that, we're still playing. We have multiple games on the schedule. We Daniel, have a game that this. matters this Saturday. Mm-hmm. You understand Correct. what I'm trying to say to you? Um, that puts us in the minority of all college football teams. Um, and so that's that's a good thing, and we'll be here to talk about it every day this week. For today, though, we are going to talk about the beatdown that we put on Georgia Tech. Um, before we do, we should mention um, the Maui Invitational happened. Uh, we saw it. Sure. Um, it was there. Um, Anthony Edwards, um, he's good As at basketball. advertised. 
He is mm-hmm. very good. This team is not very good at basketball. No. Um, uh, we face some quality competition. I think Dayton is a is a legit. Dayton's a great team. Legit great team. And then obviously we played Michigan State, who is um, who is a very good team uh, as well. And so. Um, we almost lost to Chaminade at the end. I'm not sure how much no. you're going to make about that, no. but um, uh, we came away one and two with zero quality wins on the resume. Uh, we'll talk more about the basketball team moving forward, but that's about all we're going to say about that. Let's get into the Georgia Tech game, Clint. What do you want to talk about first? Yeah, here on Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Network, we'll be talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay, so just kind of picture us as Clint Eastwood, if you will. Uh, And we're going to go through those three segments, the good, the bad, uh, and the ugly. Uh, And now you may have want to harp on one section more than another fan, but bear with us. we got to get through all of them. We're going to give our our due diligence to all of them. And let's start with the good. Um, I don't know, Daniel. How does how does a trouncing of fifty points sound to you? Is that good thing, bad thing? Listen, it's Monday morning, and you walk into the office, and you just walk straight up to the company bulletin board. You got a thumbtack uh-huh. in your hand, and okay. right in the and right in the dead center of the bulletin board, you just hang up fifty points in front mm. of God and everybody for everybody in the office to see. Um, that's a good. That's a nice day at the office, is what that is. I don't care who you're playing, but when you're playing Georgia Tech, it feels even better. And so, 50 points is nothing to scoff at. Sure, Georgia Tech is our little brother. Sure, sure, they are not a good football team. They're in shambles. They have no players. They can't recruit. Their coach is a clown. All of the things. But uh, no, no, Daniel, but, we're talking about Georgia Tech, not Florida. We're talking about Georgia Tech right now. I'm sorry, they're all the same oh, to okay. me. And so. Um, yeah, but beating somebody by 50 points or scoring 50 points against somebody is always good, especially when it is a rival. Uh, so, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to win in a feels blowout. feels good. If I was to tell you biggest blowout victory in the history of this matchup, that would that'd be something that you'd like, wouldn't it be, Daniel? That is something. That is yeah, quite something. something. We talked last week about blowout wins this year compared to last year and how many uh, – or 2017 – now, this year, we don't have as many blowout wins, which is a little depressing because uh, we're used to that. But this one is right on par with what we expect. This is a good, good feel. And, Daniel, uh, here we are. Needed with, it. We needed it. I mean, we— Oh, gosh, did we, we need it. We deserved it, Georgia fans. Yeah. I hope, I hope yeah. you took a deep breath in the second yeah. half of that game and enjoyed yourself. Yeah. Because— uh, But here we are, Daniel, with all of this, we're burying the lead, Okay. We are we yeah. are talking about everything in the world except by the best thing that this game showed us and what the whole season has showed us. Let's just get it out there for everybody to know. Daniel, this defense is the best defense the University of Georgia has ever fielded and come at me. See, I don't think I think the reason we hadn't talked about the defense yet is because the name of the segment is the good. I think yeah. we were waiting for the elite or the best ever before the GOAT. That's what that's what we're that's what this defense is. This is the goat. Um, uh, I've been a Georgia fan my entire life. Um, I'm pushing 40 years old. Uh, this is the best defense I've ever seen uh, at the University of Georgia. Um, it's historic what this defense is doing, and I just don't think mm-hmm. you know national media be damned. Kirk Herbstreit, Paul Feinbaum, who cares? Who cares what these people say? Who cares what the talking heads uh, think? 
But I don't think Georgia fans, and I put myself included in that, I don't think we have appreciated this defense enough. And here we are 12 games in. We've gone through an entire season. Uh, and I just don't think we've we've loved this defense as much as we should have, Clint. Do you agree? No. I completely agree. This defense, from top to bottom, you can roll out. We've talked about this before. You can roll out too deep at every single position. We can withstand injuries to four starting defensive players, and it doesn't. We don't blink. Okay. Not, so not even a concern. Not a concern. Not only are we deep, and we say, "Oh, deep." Classically means that you're kind of okay across the board. No, 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 no. You want to no. go elite? Let's no, go sir. elite. You want to talk about uh, having the the second fewest points given up all year yep that's us that's what we're going to be after this week uh yardage we're going to be lower than we were previous week we're going to be historic in the eyes of everybody else we're compared to uh our freshmen are better than your seniors our seniors are balling out tyler clark hey welcome back clark golly geez this is this is shades of 2017 when tyler clark is my favorite player again he's my favorite player on the team Yes. He's, yes. Golly, Tyler Clark, I love uh, you. Nolan Smith uh, is blowing people up and being a stalwart from play one. Not halftime adjustments. Let's put him in. Impact is not, hey, go pin your ears back. But no, why don't you stay right there on every single snap that's meaningful? You're on the field. Nakobe Dean, uh, we said, watch out. He's coming for your job, everybody. And sure enough, there he is on first down, second down, third down. Top to bottom, elite, 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 best defense. I, I mean, you want to talk about best defense at like Georgia, Daniel? I'm a defensive. I pride myself on being a, a kind of a defensive snob. Okay, so mm-hmm. all of you guys complain about the offense. I'm like, okay, I, I hear you. Uh, defense is where at for me, and my goodness, this is one of the best defenses in college football I've ever seen. Period. They're so much fun to watch, Clint. Um, they just get after. I mean, we didn't give up a first down in the first quarter, and it wasn't close. Clint, there were no, no fourth and ones in there. Like, we're not... Six yards. Wasn't six yards the longest play from scrimmage they had in the first half? Uh, it very well could have been. I mean, even on their touchdown, we gave up one first was. down. We gave up yeah. one first down on their touchdown. Um, it it was it was a performance for the ages. You give them an onside kick in that game, quick change situation. The defense yep. comes out, forces a three and out, and they have to punt again. Um, man, this defense is just just soak it in, Georgia fans. They got a big test coming up this week. Um, but man, if there's a defense in college football that I put up against LSU, it's this one right here. Right, it's this here. one. We have it. I'm gonna tell you right now. It um, you should not be you should not be nervous that they're going to go out and get embarrassed. That's no. not going to be what happens on Saturday. I'll just go ahead and preview for you that much. That's not going to be it. This defense is elite. They are the greatest that I've ever seen. And um, you look at the senior to freshman ratio, Clint, on this defense, and oh my, it is just going to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Because oh, these, these boys are going to get older and faster and stronger and better. Um, and they're going to be a force for years to come. Uh, all right, there's lots of good that we could talk about. Obviously, we scored a bunch of points. We beat them by a million. Uh, we got to get to the rest of the show. Next, we're going to talk about the not-so-good. But first, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day 
free Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on. If you're listening on the go, you can visit Audible right now uh, and find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. All right, so that was good. Let's let's talk about not so good or what is commonly referred to as bad. I thought you were flat out. You were talking about our last segment. I thought you were complimenting the way I read that ad. Is that no? That was well, not also, also Daniel. By the way, that was there's good. fish. There's <laughs> fishing for compliments, and then there's just outright begging for them. There's okay? outright asking. Sometimes, <laughs> just I learned this with my wife. Sometimes you have to say, "Don't you think I'm very funny? Don't, isn't it? Isn't it true?" And if you ask her in front of other people, she's sort of obligated she has to, say to say yes. Yeah. Um, your wife's not yeah. a jerk. She's a lovely woman. She's gonna say she's gonna do the socially polite thing in that situation. She, she is, and I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna feel good about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel, what uh, was, was bad good, from this game? There was bad. Um, uh, yeah, let's. Well, I'm gonna start out talking about injuries. The injuries to me jumps off the page as the, as the thing that was bad. Obviously, DeAndre Swift goes down. He fumbled twice in this game, which um, that's bad. But. Um, but the injury, he obviously injured his shoulder somehow. Uh, it's Saturday night as we're recording, just so you know. Um, he doesn't, like, we don't know the extent uh, to his injury. Um, and so we will see what happens um, mm-hmm. from here on out. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, DeAndre Swift going down. Uh, I expect him to play, though, right? I expect him to come back and play against LSU. He's playing this game, Daniel. He's playing this game. He did not go into uh, the locker room. He did not come out wearing a brace. Uh, Lawrence Cager, before he was out-out, came back from halftime, or not even from halftime, from the locker room with a brace. DeAndre Swift just kind of sat on the table. He's going to be fine. He's going to play. Which also, speaking of injuries, formal apology from us at Locked On Bulldogs to you, the fan. Last week, we played a very ill-timed, very poor-taste game of who would you rather see injured. And top of that list, which we we said we couldn't afford him being injured, was Lawrence Cager and DeAndre Swift, and sure enough, here never we again. Are. So, never again. That, we won't that do was on again. us. That was on That's us. It. That is wearing wearing our, our face. Our yep. bad. Uh, but yeah, the injuries, Daniel, were were bad. Uh, not not even to mention uh, O line shuffling around, dealing some banged up guys on the O line as well. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's late Cager in the season. Every, everybody's banged up. Let's talk about a player who's not injured, but who has struggled. Still bad. Yeah. yeah, that's Jake Fromm, Clint. Oh, Jake Fromm struggled again in this game. And listen, Georgia fans, you may, you may want to hear it, you may not want to hear it. I don't, I don't particularly. It does not really doesn't matter to me whether or not you want to hear it because what's true is that Jake Fromm has not been an asset to Georgia in terms of winning in the second half of the season. I would say post Florida game, when yep. I think Jake Fromm did make plays to help win us that game. I would say after the Florida game, it has been a real struggle for Jake Fromm. Uh, What is wrong with Jake Fromm, Clint? You know what? I ask myself this question. I pose it to you as well, Daniel. If you have any insight, let me know. Uh, But here's what hasn't been the case, okay? Last couple weeks, and including Florida, uh, James Coley has, has made some good play calls daniel there's been he some has. defenders out there on twitter coming to his defense showing how missed blocks on great play calls 
should have sprung good gains against mm-hmm. even particularly A&M, uh, which didn't happen this game. Uh, the touchdown to George Pickens in the end zone uh, was a great setup play. A couple yep. of fakes, a couple of play actions, had him wide open. Uh, he's calling good plays, okay, so that's not on him. Uh, is it? Is it that Jake Fromm is just every single receiver is just dropping balls left and right? No, they are dropping them. But but not left and right. Uh, he is not leading receivers. He's not putting in windows. Uh, it's not even his intelligence. Okay, uh, I don't think I don't think he's skipping out on study time to go fishing. All right, I don't think that's so. not what he's I doing. I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody thinks that. But the execution. Just hasn't Ooh. been there. He seems to be behind all of his receivers. He's over. He's making crazy overthrows. He can't get his feet set on some throws. It doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like he's able to get off certain reads. Um, yeah, it, it has been a real struggle for Jake Fromm. He was supposed to be the one who was the rock steady, guiding yep. this offense throughout the season. And at times, this offense has had to bail him out. Hundred uh, percent. That's not a great recipe for our success moving forward no um no. that being said it's we're 11 to 1 and moving forward so, is is one game we have one game all we have to do he he has played maybe 50 percent. if he played 75 percent daniel hello with our defense like come on now, again we're out of time like like <laughs> this is your last shot to no actually time get like there. the present no time okay. like the present to do that um, Jake. But but speaking of other bad things, uh, hey, curious Jackson, what what is happening with his hands, Daniel? Yeah, this is this is two weeks in a row that Kyrus Jackson I think has had an egregious drop on a slant, um, and you just got to you got to make these catches, these easy throws. It was not a perfectly Half thrown time. ball; it was a little bit behind him, but but it was a catchable ball. Last week it was a it was a perfectly thrown ball, bounced off his chest plate. Um, Yes. Karis Jackson has been unreliable. Clint, let's just call it what it is. He's not. That's a fair. That's a fair statement. He's not been a reliable weapon in the passing game. This wide receiving core has not been doing Jake Fromm any favors. Certainly, um, uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. Just general sloppiness um, on the offensive and special teams part. In particular, obviously, you look at Dominic Blaylock when you think about bad things that happen in this game. The muff mm-hmm. punt, you just got to catch the ball, man. It's sort of a one-job one deal. Um, and then, you know, DeAndre Swift with a couple fumbles. Uh, it's just, you know, general sloppiness all around, especially early in the game. That being said, you know, we beat him by 100 points, Clint. We scored 50. Like, it's not the, – the struggles – were mitigated by the fact that we were up against Georgia Tech. Right. So uh, let's let's finish up with the bad and let's move on to the ugly because there were some things that that were not just bad that I would call I would call downright ugly in this game. What are those things, Daniel? If if you were to say just uglier than sin, what what are those things? I think it starts with uh with with George Pickens, and now, George Pickens now, a new player. Not Jorge, a, George Pickens a new player on our team. Uh, recently oh. replaced incumbent starter Jorge Pickens. Okay. Uh, George Pickens is a guy who lets his emotions get the best of him, and gets baited into a fight by some no name hack Georgia Tech uh, DB. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, 
George Pickens starts swinging. Jorge Pickens catches touchdown passes. That's the difference yes. between the two. And so this was George Pickens. I just ask you, Clint, um, did the refs blow this or did George Pickens screw the University of Georgia and do something dumb that's going to cost uh, us? Yeah, no, it's the second one. The second this happened, I said he's gone and he should be. Like there's there's yeah. no two ways around it. I you it's can not. justify it all you want, people, that he was baited into it. He was hit first. All of those things are true. Was he hit first? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Was he baited and, into it by a hack? Absolutely. Yep. He was. And sh- but should the Georgia Tech player have been also ejected from the game? He absolutely should have. Yes. So 100%. But that doesn't mean that that George shouldn't have been ejected from the game because he should have. He deserved it. Yes, he deserved he did. it. And he cost us something. I get it. Somebody, somebody's going to throw down on you. You're going to raise some fists. You're going to do something. I, I get that. Except for this point, um, you shouldn't let the moment and the emotion get to you that way. You have to rise above in that situation. And I know you're asking a lot of a kid, and this is a kid. He's 18. I get it. Like, I, I, I really do. Uh, but don't, don't come to his defense. He's going to cost us, and he should have been. And it's not stupid. Uh, because here's the biggest thing. Georgia Tech are a bunch of fools that all they can do is troll you and try to intimidate you by their, their clean and jerk with sleeveless shirts on prior to the game. I'm showing sorry, you Clint. how much. I'm sorry, Clint. Were they out there in slacks and sleeveless cutoffs <laughs> lifting weights before the football game? Is that? Uh, you, your eyes did not deceive you, Daniel. You, in fact, saw a team preparing to expend energy and push around other people in a contest, exhausting energy before the game, trying to, I don't know, get stronger, which doesn't happen in games like that. Now, Clint, um, we're both longtime watchers of college football. Our our Uh, whole lives. You played college football. Correct. Um, You must have seen this a lot. Right? P- folks out there just getting a lift in, trying to get swole before the game starts? Is that that's I, pretty common? I don't know how many cumulative hours you and I have talking, watching, and explaining football to people. I have never it's, in my hun- tens of thousands of hours never seen this before. No, this is a Jeff Collins original is what it is. Um, Broski's out there in the Smedium vest, and he said everybody mm. is going to... Everybody's going to try to get that chest, those chest reps in before this game starts. You want to talk about the all-time get-off-the-bus team? You know, like the guys (laughs) that like get off the bus and they intimidate somebody? Um, The least intimidating thing a person could do is come out there with 20s on the barbell (laughs) because that's what they were. Like they're out there with 20s on each end of the barbell and um, doing some shoulder presses before the game. Uh, not an intimidating thing in the end zone no. to, to see that. Uh, but no, you're no, correct. No. Georgia Tech, um, that's all they can do. But if you're George Pickens, you can score touchdowns. You can play in the first half of the SEC championship game. You can make a positive impact for your team. You've got to not throw a punch right there, which brings me to a broader question, Clint. Um, I know instincts kick in and everybody's yes. been in a fight before, right? Like we we all know what it is to like to like be in a a, a real throwdown and like you're ready to go. 
But why are you throwing a punch when a guy's wearing a helmet, Clint? I don't. I've never understood it. You are more you, likely to break your hand on the face yes. mask than you are to do anything to that person. I mean, you are quite literally preached and told your entire life that this helmet will save your life in this game because it can withstand lots of of contact and impact. So if you have this on and you and you make sure make sure you're strapped up like when you go out there because when you get your uh-huh. bell rung, you're going to be okay because this Cause entire thing protects that. Because when Richard LeCount runs at 26 <laughs> miles an hour and puts the crown of his helmet into your ear hole, you don't Correct. die. Yes. You don't die. You, so what is you, it that you makes you that. think you can take your fist <laughs> and put it through said helmet? It just it's, doesn't. It's one of the most inexplicable things I've ever encountered in all of sports. Like, like it's quite it, literally. I don't it get is, it. It is idiotic, and it was quite ugly. And we'll talk more moving forward um, about the uh, more moving forward about on, the the its ramifications on the LSU game. On a side note, Kirby handled it beautifully. Hundred uh, percent after the the game, Presser said George's is the first one to tell you he lost his cool, lost his temper. He's disappointed. We're disappointed. We're going to coach him up. We're going to get him going. He's going to be fine. Uh, that's exactly what Kirby should have said. He handled it beautifully. And George. We're going to call you Jorge again. Daniel and I are, are, are ready to bust that moniker no, out again because we know it's going to happen, brother. We're not done. We're not done. No. With, we're no. not done with George Pickens, but um, I hope we're done with George Pickens. I guess. If that makes sense. If that makes Jorge. sense. But we're not done Come with Jorge back. Pickens. Yeah. Uh, no, the other thing that was ugly, Daniel, was uh, Kirby Smart. Um, I'm going to give you a scenario. Why you got to do the man like that? Well, what? just I mean, I know I know the bowl cut is not ideal, but that's not what I'm talking about here, Daniel. I'm not talking can ugly we, in that sense. Can we sense. go back and just lift that audio where Clint says, you know what else was ugly? Uh, Kirby Smart. <laughs> and just leave it there. And just leave it hanging. Just leave it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, Kirby Smart's, uh, I think, time management or rather just, just management of the game in certain situations, certain certain contexts. Well, give One me an context. example, Clint. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have under a minute left uh, before we go to half. Okay. And Georgia has received either a punt or a kickoff and has okay. the ball sitting at the 35-yard line. Okay. Okay, great. Um, and we have under a minute left. We have a full complement, three timeouts. Right. We have our offense on the field. Because – just to be clear, because in yeah. the first quarter, we didn't have to take multiple timeouts because we were lined up in the wrong formations. Is that or, or because that we correct? handed out the wrong wrist bracelets with because the wrong had, numbers of plays yes, on them? Because our because our players were wearing the incorrect jewelry yeah. during the game. That's We did not have to take those. So we have a full complement of timeouts. Great. Okay, good. Go ahead. We're we're sitting in a good position, right? I just I just explained like an okay situation. Great. What's the very first play call that you know Georgia will run? You you are gonna bet a cool one hundred dollars that we're gonna play. We're gonna call out of the gate first play. That's an inside handoff, Clint. Inside handoff, DeAndre two time, Swift. Two times out of three, it's gonna be an inside handoff to Brian Harry and not even yeah. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, yeah, it's going to be an inside handoff, 100%. We're going to see what happens. We're going to roll with it. We're either going to get the offense back onto the line. We're going to wait and see what the other team does. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to probably kill maybe 30 seconds off the clock, looking around, mm-hmm. assessing the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what's going to happen is we're going to kick a field goal going at half, but we're going to have how many yeah. timeouts in our back pocket when we go to halftime? We're going to take the two timeouts with us 
to halftime. Correct. Because um, if the halftime speech goes a little bit long, it's always good to have those two timeouts in your pocket so you can use them so you can really fire up the boys there in the locker room. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. No, the the ugly is I I don't know what gets into Kirby's mind. I know he has an explanation. I really, really do. I I need to hear it. Okay. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I need to hear it, Daniel, because the timeouts, it's, it's almost like we praised Kirby before because he was all about time management to get us a a crucial three points against Oklahoma to send us into the, the championship game, Daniel, in, in one of the best games ever. He managed the end of that half beautifully. What happened from that game to this game? I'll tell you what it is. It's just Kirby's willingness to go conservative to win the game. In a game like that Oklahoma game where we're getting rocked in the first half of that game, all right, the defense, we is, the defense is hemorrhaging points in the first half of that game. So Kirby's in a situation where he knows his offense is going to have to score bukus of points in order to win this game. And so he's going to be aggressive and try to get every single point that he possibly can. Now, in a game like this, Clint, he didn't want any part of that touchdown. He didn't want any part of it because he knows that this offense doesn't— he could Rodrigo Blankenship you to death, and this defense is not going to give up any more points. Against Texas A&M, he knows this defense is not going to give up a bunch of points. He's fine to Rodrigo it to death. Next week against LSU, he's going to call the game differently. You'll see. He will be more aggressive in these two-minute situations. He will uh, ramp up the tempo. He will be more aggressive and try to score because he's going to know that he's going to need to because he's going to know that he's probably going to have to get into the high 20s at least in order to be competitive in this game. And so he's going to do that. Um, He's going to do everything he can at least to try to do that. In a game like this, though, he was not. He was not even remotely thinking about being aggressive in this situation. No, not at all, Daniel. Not at all. And I don't I don't necessarily fault him for it because he's just he is who he is. If you want a coach who's going to not care about the score and be wild and aggressive at all times, um, that's not that's not who you got. You have a coach who is going to try to win the game. And if he's gonna win the game by being aggressive, he's gonna do that. See third down against Florida. Throwing it Mm -hmm. with the game on the line when Florida had no timeouts. Throwing it to um, Eli Wolf to seal the game and win the game. He's going to be aggressive when he needs to be aggressive. And he's going to be conservative when he needs to be conservative. And he doesn't care what you think. Well documented. It is well documented, Daniel. It is. Uh, All right. That wraps it up for Georgia Tech. Because there's no more to talk about. We came, we saw, we conquered. Let's move on Let's from move it. On. Little brother, still little brother. That it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, it is. And un- unlike sad. Georgia Tech, our season's not over. We're not uh, cleaning out our lockers currently. We're just we're we're putting them into bags to transport them back down to Atlanta again in a week's time. We're not cleaning that, it out for the whole year. That is correct. Um, uh, biggest week of the year, obviously. We're going to be here every day with you to talk about it. So come back tomorrow. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Send us an email, lockdownbulldogs at gmail.com. Hit us up with a mailbag question, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, at Dogs Podcast. We'll get to a mailbag on Wednesday's show. We would love to hear your questions about the SEC championship game, about your thoughts and opinions, and um, what you want to hear us talk about about that game we'll be back tomorrow to talk about some more stuff um and we will see you guys then see ya